Today's episode of the BS Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by ZipRecruiter, our 2018 presenting sponsor. They develop powerful matching technology for hiring. You no longer have to wait for the right candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. It's the smartest way to hire. Tate, I'll ask them to create a hashtag ZipRecruiter.com slash Kembatrade. Let's find him a new home. He needs a new home. He's sad. He deserves it. Well, you, people who aren't sad are the people that use ZipRecruiter. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Meanwhile, SeatGeek, still the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, use promo code BS. They are also offering a special promotion on Super Bowl tickets for all SeatGeek purchasers, not just first-timers. Use promo code BSSB for $250 off promo-eligible Super Bowl tickets. Once again, promo code BSSB, $250 off Super Bowl tickets. Hey, Los Angeles, if you're listening, we have a live rewatchables slash binge mode show on Wednesday this week at Largo. We're going to do season two Friday Night Lights. Jason Concepcion and Mallory Rubin from, uh, from Binge Mode are going to break down just how ridiculous that season was. I might even join them for that one. And then we're also going to do Varsity Blues, one of the most ridiculous and fantastic sports movies ever made. Me, Mallory, Jason, and our old friend Shea Serrano. That's happening. Largo, Wednesday night. The last time we did this, people loved it. I think they're going to love this one. I'm excited. And as Mox said in Varsity Blues, I don't want your life. Coming up, the cuz, and I think Tony Romo's calling in. I don't want to get you too excited, but I think he's calling in. But first, Pro Jam. All right, Monday morning. We did not feel the need to tape this on a Sunday night because uh, once once the Eagles started beating the crap out of the Vikings, Tate and Lombardi had it. You can listen to GM Street for their reactions last night. Lombardi, very apologetic <laughs> about Doug Peterson. But, hey, man, sometimes you're wrong with stuff. Uh, my team made the Super Bowl. Yeah. No text from you, nothing. No congratulations. Sure. You're I lucky like- it's not just negative at this point. It was negative. The ringer slack I was afraid to go into. Everyone was so upset. And young Kevin O'Connor, who just moved here from L.A., Pat's fan, Mm -hmm. Boston guy, um, put some slack in. And in slack, you can do thumbs up and thumbs down. And he basically had this thing like, hey, you know, I know it's cool to hate on the Patriots, but Tom Brady was incredible in that game. People doing the thumbs down emoji. So people are just mad. People hate the Pats. Did the thumb have stitches in it? (laughs) No. People do hate the Pats. Why wouldn't you hate the Pats? Why wouldn't anyone else hate the Pats? By the way, it's freezing. It's colder in here than it was in Philly. I know. I'm like, last night. I'm doing the David Letterman thing. I'm just going to keep, keep the uh, office yeah, nice it's and cold. It's already uncomfortable to be praising the Patriots. Now it's uh, Tom Brady, sub-zero. Tom Brady had 12-stitch cut in his, cut in his hand yeah. and was just lights out. But let's talk about uh, Minnesota-Philly first because we've seen this in the title game sometimes. Yeah. 
It actually, and strangely, the Vikings have been involved in a couple of those times. But like, mm-hmm. remember that Giants Vikings game from like two thousand right. or two thousand one? Two thousand game. Yeah, yeah. That's when Jimmy was doing Fox, so I was at the game. Yeah, they score in three minutes. The Eagles come back. Keenum throws. Now it got tipped, but there were still two guys right in front of his receiver. I did don't it know get who he was throwing or to. Did they hit his other arm? It or seemed some, like they hit his happened. left arm. It was a terrible it was idea. Very weird. Great run. Guy navigates the whole field, gets in, and it just felt like the Eagles gonna, were going to win after that play. Right At that point, I thought when Patrick Robinson makes the pick, I'm like, you better take this to the house because Foles doesn't have enough to put right. to get the seven on his own. they scored by then? I can't remember. No, it was no, seven nothing. Seven nothing. Seven nothing. Right. Yeah, that yeah. was picked at midfield. So, yeah, that was one turning point. Do you think the Vikings win that game if he doesn't throw that interception? I think they might win the game on the second turning point when it's 14-7, three minutes left in the half, third and 10, and he's about to get sacked, Foles. I mean, they, right. he has guys like pawing at him, pawing at Who was it? It was Everson Griffin. It was like yeah. almost like he was shaving him while, uh, while, while he was in the pocket. And then like Foles looks to the skies. He's like, like looking at like star alignments and everything, yeah. not even staring downfield and hits Jeffrey. I think Newman fell or got twisted around like if they're punting 14 7 i don't know maybe the vikings come back and then and then they end up scoring again they make it 24 7 that killed incredible them. then the the adam thielen the catch that all of a sudden it wasn't a catch yeah right that, that killed the last chance of a comeback you knew he wasn't i was, it was like is he doing the good guy thing like just not celebrating is it because that's what right. guys should do when they're down three touchdowns right. like, it's, hey, just, whoa, whoa. it's like or is he just like he, he knows he didn't catch it and yeah he knew he didn't I feel a little vindicated because I never totally believed in this Vikings team. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, who the hell could have seen Nick Foles coming? Especially after that Cowboys game. I picked them last week against Atlanta, and it was more of a pick against Atlanta than a pick for Philly. It was like a home field advantage running yeah. game, and if Foles is even a C-minus, that's a bonus. That's exactly how I was. I was like, they don't even have to be the better team. They'll win this yeah. game because they're home. And they got 15 and the- points, and they barely won. They right. had four chances inside the 10-yard well, line thing. You had to two lose. teams, so you could make a good argument, didn't belong there. Obviously, yeah. crazy digs played. Saints you know, had it in the bag before that. And, you know... If uh, if Matt Ryan connects with Julio Jones there, they move on. Against, well, how about the 19 them. ways the Jaguars could have won yesterday yeah. and, and blew all those things? Yeah, I think we say it every year. This is the 11th year I think we've done the podcast. Mm-hmm. And this is about as fat of a, of a they could have made it this cast as we had, right? We had the four. We had Atlanta. Right. We had the Saints, who I still think was the best NFC team out of all these teams. Maybe. I think the Saints were the best one. And then uh, I got to put Pittsburgh in there. Even though they they stunk the bed, but you think like stunk the bed? I think stunk I just created that. What is it. stunk the bed? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's in there, so seven definitely. And then uh, who was the other one in the NFC? Well, how, how about oh, this? Carolina? Carolina went toe to toe with New Orleans. Yeah, they did. There were seven and a half. There were three. Almost, we may never forget the endings of of these three games in the playoffs. One wasn't a playoff game, but New Year's Eve. You know, things could be very different if Baltimore yeah. gets in over Cincinnati. Yeah. Crushing loss there. Maybe Baltimore upends Jacksonville or Pittsburgh beats Baltimore. Who knows how it ends up? And then the Chiefs, we always were forgetting it. The Chiefs were up 21-3 on Tennessee. Oh, yeah. That was a game you'll never forget. Their defense wasn't good enough. Though. I know. I know. But it could have could have shaken things up. Uh, in, what about the, the Chargers? Could the Chargers, Chargers have done what the Jags did yesterday and like give Brady a game? And Yeah. Wasn't that, cold or anything? Eagles-Vikes. I don't know if Foles, he's home, he's comfortable. They're playing the run a little too much. Their secondary falls apart a couple times. 
I don't know if all of that just played into the game in Nick Foles' life, mm-hmm. or is that the Nick Foles we can now expect? At least somebody who can move around and throw deep, and as Lombardi talked about on GM Street yesterday, is looking down the field and isn't like looking around, you know, oh, there's a guy around me, what do I do? Like right. He's just trying to make plays 20 yards downfield, which is very dangerous for the Pats. I can't believe it. I just can't. You know, there was the the Bortles play where you throw underneath and you throw the crossing route and you hit that, and then you had Foles just going for it all. He had as good a game as Carson Wentz did all year. As yeah. a Patriots fan, I don't know if you're nor- nervous about that. Like, if you're nervous about Wentz, Car- you're nervous. Carson Wentz-Ewing theory? Yeah, you're just nervous about a Nick Foles who won't turn the ball over. Nick Foles and Blake Bortles, no turnovers in five playoff games. I know, like, you texted me that. I thought you were kidding when you texted <clears throat> me that yesterday. It. I just can't believe some of these stats. Did Brady but... have more? Did Brady have a turnover? Brady, no. I don't, no, no, he, he didn't. didn't. He didn't, no. But, but Foles had fewer incomplete passes than Brady. I guess Brady threw in more, but the 14 incomplete passes in the whole playoffs. One of the reasons I took the Eagles this weekend <clears> is <throat> Keenum will throw you one. Mm-hmm. He'll put one up for grabs. Yeah. Brady and Foles just didn't do that. Foles never put, I guess the one was the Atlanta when the ball hit the guy's knee. Remember right, that right, one right. before yes. the half? Yes, that was a close one. But uh, I, I thought the Eagles were really good all year. I thought their defense was really good, that they'd be a tough home team, and that nobody believes in us. I mean, there were some great manif- playoff manifesto things in play in that game. Like the Vikings acting like they had won the Super Bowl the week before. That's always a bad sign. Mm-hmm. The uh, the dome team outdoors. Right. What's that now? 0-13? 0-12 or 0-13? Yeah, something like that. 12? 0-12, now it's 0-13. The uh, yeah. everybody believes in us team versus the nobody believes in us team. Yeah. The team that act like acted like they won the Super Bowl the week before. That was a classic. I wrote all this on my Friday column. It was like all four manifesto signs pointed to the Eagles, and yet all of us were afraid to take the Eagles because of Nick Foles, who then played one of the best games anyone's played in the playoffs. I just don't know what matters. Like, Wouldn't you say the Vikings have the better coach, the better quarterback going into the game? I thought the better defense, the hungrier defense. I was like, boy, you better have a really good reason to bet against those three things. And what just being in Philly was that the big reason? I guess outdoors I mean, just, crowd. Yeah, they just they just laid into him. They were. I, sure I'm in on yesterday. Doug Peterson now. I, I really think you have to be to win to make the Super Bowl with your backup quarterback is not fucking easy. Like yeah. Parcells did it. Uh, <clears throat> trying to think, it's You're probably not, happened not five credit times to, Je- to Jeff Hostetler for for doing that. So it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, Robert Smigel emailed me because <laughs> I'd done that thing on my in my column on Friday about the most shocking in game playoff moments. Yeah. And he said, Roger Craig's fumble in 1990 has to be on that list. Hmm. And I had kind of forgotten about it. So the whole game's on YouTube. And I went and watched the uh, fourth quarter. They're on the Giants 40. They're up one, mm-hmm. 13-12. And they just got a first down. Montana's out. Montana just gotten crushed by right. Leonard Marshall in the quarter before. Like a play that, if that happened now, everybody would be talking about it for five months. Hmm. Uh, legal hit, but just hit him from behind and just crushing him. Yeah. First down, 250 left. Craig runs into the line. Doesn't totally have the handoff. I think the the nose tackle hits him. LT gets it. Right. And then Hostetler makes one awesome play to Bavaro. And they set up this 43-yard field goal from Matt Barr, who's got the one one bar bar helmet. He's already made four. And he nails this 43-yarder. And they win the game. And the Niners would have won three straight. Right. But it's like... 
That was the uh, Bills year. That was the Bills. That Jets. was when yeah. then they, they, it was right. the Norwood year. Yeah. So they go from this crazy Roger Craig fumble, which mm-hmm. if he just like basically all he has to do is run it three times, and that takes the clock all the mm-hmm. way down, and they're done. Yeah. And the Giants win it. So I forgot about that one. The other one I forgot about was uh, the Colts Steelers, two thousand five, the Bettis, Bettis fumble. Yeah. In Indianapolis, bringing it back, and then Shoe the guy got the crazy shoestring tackle. It was it that was up there. Tackled him, right? Yeah. Yep. That was up there for crazy moments. Yeah. Would you put the Harrison Bettis before the half touchdown? Uh, Bettis puts that in his Hall of Fame speech. He thanked. Roethlisberg. Oh yeah, like, I wouldn't have been here if not for that. I don't know about that, but that was good. Yeah, James Harrison's before the half. Yeah, it was shocking, but it wasn't like it didn't decide the game or anything, you know? Right, I know, but no player with a, a nine in his number to start should ever should run hundred yards. Hundred yards, even even in a, in on a local track. What I discovered <laughs> with that with that Giants Niners game though was a lot of these games are just on in their entirety. On YouTube. Oh, on YouTube, yeah. Because like I had found when I was writing about Broncos Browns for Friday, that whole game was on. So uh-huh. I watched that with Dick Emberg, and it's really kind of fun to watch the lead up to it the play great. versus just the. You're clip. getting nostalgic. You, you, we, we both at the same time texted. We, we didn't realize how much we missed Chris Berman. Till oh yesterday. my god! Bringing him back. Teach. <laughs> <laughs> he did. It was so good. I gotta say, Mercedes man. Lewis drive that car. <laughs> I gotta say, I say this without any irony or sarcasm at all. I really miss Berman. I did too. I did too. I miss like Robinson and the Eagles gets the interception return. He's like, cuckoo, cachoo, Mr. <laughs> Robinson. I'm gonna take my way to the end zone. And every time Fournette ran the boys, you, you thought that had sound effects. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I was dying. He had he, all his pop culture stuff is still 60s, 70s. He had Batman and the Riddler. Yeah, that was yeah, one of his yeah. ones. Yeah. The Batman and the Riddler, teach. Stepped it up. Yeah. And then Tom Jackson, uh, saying nothing as always, was fantastic. Oh, yeah. He, oh, the Eagles reference it. The Glenn Fry, the Eagle. Oh, imagine the what bat. the next two weeks would so be like. so good. I missed it so much. <laughs> and then uh, he goes, he goes, uh, teach, uh, what is it? about this Patriots team. And then he put his hand under his chin, like waiting for yeah, yeah, the yeah. sage Tom Jackson, like to put it on perspective. And Tom, yeah. and Tom Jackson's like, I, I think Tom Brady is the catalyst. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. There it is. You might be right. Tom Brady's the catalyst. It was right. great to have them back. <laughs> and I can't believe, why can't they just still do primetime? Yeah, I know. Yeah, bring them the in ratings for prime have time. to go up when they're on. Yeah, once a week. Where do they live? They live right there, right? When he did the cuckoo, cuckoo, Mr. Robinson thing, I was I was howling. I just loved it. How excited must he have been when it, Rob, a guy named Robinson returned? <laughs> oh like, I'm going to go nuts with the Simon and Garfunkel. And then Van Pelt showed the uh, sideline report Berman did from 81. Oh, did you see that part? Well, what, no. Was that the Niners <clears throat> one? The When the Eagles beat the Vikings oh, no. in the playoffs. No, no. Berman does this whole four-minute piece, and he oh. interviews Herm Edwards, Ron Jaworski, and somebody else oh, who yes, went on to do something. It was Ahmad Rashad. Wow. And, oh, that's uh, fun. And then it cuts back. But the crazy thing was Berman was doing the sideline report. The game was still going on. You could see the play in the background, and he's doing like mm-hmm. his whole thing. It, it was, was the great. whole Berman day was great. Yeah. Thank you, ESPN. Let's take a break. Hey, is your company outgrown QuickBooks? Are shared spreadsheets, manual processes, and legacy systems costing you time and money? Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, HR, and finance, and accounting instantly right from your desk or even your phone. 
Thousands of the best known and fastest growing companies use NetSuite to manage their business, and now it's available to you. Don't miss out on unleashing your business's full potential with their free guide crushing the five barriers to growth. Learn how to acquire new customers, increase profits, and finally get real visibility into your cash flow. Again, NetSuite's guide crush the five barriers to growth is at netsuite.com slash BS right now. Once again, netsuite.com slash BS. And again, it is free. All right, Pat's Jags. We could skip this one, right? No, it's, no, it's I don't want to skip this one. I deserve this one. <laughs> big electrical tape on his hand. They took yeah. out Gronk. I felt like that was a cheap shot. Other people felt like it was a clean play. Well, I Can we decide what's a clean play now? We could decide what goes around comes around. At least the whistle hadn't blown when he uh, the took Trey a shot White thing. That's head. fair. Right. That's fair. That's, no, fair. that's just hard nosed. Karma ex, coming around. Ex cowboy Barry Church football. That's all that was. So we just spent the last five years trying to establish that guys can't hit defenseless receivers. Mm-hmm. I would argue he was defenseless. I just think Gronk is so big; these guys can't tackle him the way you would normally tackle him. So they go at his knees or they go at his head, mm. and. If he goes down, if he's trying to, if he like crouches over to try to hit Gronk in the shoulder pads, Gronk's, he's going to bounce off Gronk. So he's got to like plow into him. I don't know. Didn't it look like he was avoiding? I thought he threw his shoulder. I thought he turned. I mean, you you try to run a Tate as fast as you can right now and then decide what you're going to do a, a minute before when he turns I'm up. I'm down field. with that, but you're not supposed to hit the guys. I though. know. I, my my I thing understand. is the Pats have spent the whole season avoiding that play, right. and they got desperate, and they and Brady kind of led Gronk into this hit, mm-hmm. and at that point I was like, we're screwed, because you've no Edelman now, you've no Gronk, and we're probably going to need over twenty points. This will really have to be a magical Brady experience. Right. I was watching with nephew Kyle and uh, O'Connor, and I was calling for Danny. Because it was like he's the only guy he trusts that's left on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's like it's like Cooks is still he's getting open, but he's still new. I don't totally trust him. Chris yeah. Hogan seems like he's hurt. Dwayne now can't catch anything. We got James White for screen passes, but it's got to be Danny. Yeah, and Danny had if you what just watch the fourth quarter of that game, you would think Danny was one of the five best football players of all time. Amendola, right? It was unbelievable. Twenty yard punt return that was huge. Uh Two touchdown catches, one which was like a nine and a half out of ten. Right, great catch. A couple of huge third down catches, including the third and eighteen. Third that and was 18 a killer. Was insane. That like was that, a killer. That was a twenty-one yard gain right up the gut, and like because I think there's nine minutes. I might be off by that, so they could be down ten and punt after that, but they're not getting it back until there's six minutes left. Right, that's a huge difference there. Huge Tom Brady play. Here's what we learned yesterday, though. Ridiculous. Other than that, other than that. Uh, you can't keep giving Tom Brady chances to beat you and Bill Belichick is a master. Like the adjustments they made during the game is incredible as always. But the Jags played not to lose. They really did. The week before in Pittsburgh, they didn't play not to lose. They right. played to win the whole time. I thought when they when they kneeled with 55 seconds left, I got excited. A lot, a lot I was of people, like, you don't trust your quarterback if you do that. I was watching with Hench too. I don't know. They're not a quick <laughs> score team. and you know, But that was, look, that was Patriots football, 14-3. They get a first down Jacksonville at, I think, the 25, but there's delay a game, and then holding, and then sack, and then helmet to helmet, and then pass interference, and then oh, touchdown. Yeah. Jacksonville 14-10. got the delay a game after the timeout. Four, that's yeah. you know, Tate, you're laughing. That's Patriots football right there, right? <laughs> 
You, you give them, you give them any bit of daylight. Yep. They're gonna make well, you pay. The Gronk for it. was a helmet to helmet. No, like, I no know question. that was. I'm just saying, like everything leads Cooks, to something bad. Cooks, eh. The ball landed right where he would have yeah. run a straight line, right. and the guy shoved him out of bounds. All right. We still have not talked about the worst officiated play yet. On Which that, one is that? Game. You know what it is. Which one? The Miles Jack fumble recovery, where he's not within two yards of uh of uh who, who was it? White? Who fumbled? White or Lewis? Lewis. Oh, Lewis. Lewis touched him as he oh, as he got on. it. <laughs> come on, Tate. No one touched him. He wasn't close to anybody. Hey, I thought he touched him. That should have been a touchdown. If do they come back from twenty seven ten? I actually thought we should have kept the ball. How is that a surprised. fumble? I think the refs that was are definitely like, not a fumble. The refs are like, all right, look, we have to fix this for the Patriots. We're not going to give you the touchdown which you deserve, but we'll give, we'll call it a fumble. Well, we he lost the ball, but then he landed. He had the ball pressed against his it was leg. Close. I don't know. He pinned it against him. But I why just want to whistle there when you're going to yeah. call it a fumble anyway. Let the look. Everything's reviewed, right? Every turnover is reviewed. Right. Don't blow the take your whistle and chuck it into the third row as soon as that ball comes through. I know they love blowing that whistle. Oh my god. Well, that saved. Who was the QB that saved Mariota? In the first game, in the right. first yeah, playoff yeah, yeah. game, when he forward, got sacked, forward the weird forward, yeah. forward progress. progress play. Did you think? I, well, I'm let's still take trying to understand how Lewis didn't get 60 yards on that play. He had three blockers in front oh, of him and one jet, and he's so like, that was the double. He was pass. like, tip was that the double the pass? double pass? Yeah, that just was run. Great. You had three blockers. Right. In fact, I've that never seen a double pass. Do you think the run? You think he had an option to run it there? Because it looked like he took so many. He Amendola. really looked like he was coming through the hole. There. I think he faked that he was going to run it. That was ridiculous. <laughs> but Bortles. So Lombardi said something interesting. I don't know if this is true, but I it makes sense. He was he basically said the Jags had thirty plays, and once they ran through their thirty plays, yeah. they had nothing left, and that's why, like as the game went on, they had like they had they brought that Grant guy in who was super dangerous. They yeah. ran like the two swing passes with him, and then we never saw him again. Right. Um, they had like a couple different wheel routes that they ran, and a couple different cross. By by the fourth quarter, they had nothing, and it was interesting. Gilmore, who completely justified his contract with one of the best play. plays in the history of Pat's defensive back uh, annals. Phenomenal. But he said after the game, I was anticipating that play because they'd run it twice already. Yeah. When that guy knows the play, maybe it's maybe it's trouble. <laughs> our boy, our boy Romo was blowing up the Jags offensive coordinator. How great he was! It really seems like he might have only had twenty nine plays. Yeah, and then they just ran out, and the Pats were just so eager to kick the ball back to them over and over again. It was weird. Those pet, those crossing routes, and Romo would say it. He was like, "What? Watch crosses, the crossing route crosses. here. Defend the crosses here." And Yeldon would be like, "For eleven and twelve, like you couldn't get to third down on the Jags for a while in the first nah. half." But then what? That was the strange thing to me. All right, say you sh- they shouldn't have knelt, kneel down before the half and everything. Just run one, run four net once, and see if all of a sudden he gets seven yards. It was like and three games, though. Right, I I agree. But they did lost the third quarter. The Patriots, like right. the Jags, outscored them. So like they had more life there. And twenty to ten, I'm obviously watching the odds. Pats were plus three hundred when they were down ten points. Jags wow. had the ball. Pats were down ten points. We shouldn't have gotten the ball back with uh, with two minutes left. Well, so that was the delay, Harrison play. Timeout, delay a game. Then they screwed up and oh, they and kicked the, the test. Yeah, in the, the first half. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and then third and eighteen. That's ridiculous. Yeah. He's got. There's one guy in the field. He's throwing to in that spot. Right. It's Amendola, and somehow he wasn't covered. Right. And then, uh, and then we actually didn't score the next time we got the ball. I was thinking of your dad. They had the ball. Right. Kicked, punted it to us. We yeah. punted it back to them. Yeah, fourth they still and didn't three. Do anything. Twice. Uncharacteristic. One one was fourth and three. One was fourth and two. 
Right there, you're playing the field position game, and they flipped it. They got it to midfield. Bortles had a throw that would have ended us. The uh, the wheel route to Fournette on the last drive. Yeah, it looked like that Fournette was open. Didn't... We had that was the worst case scenario. We had a slow linebacker on him. He was open. It was if he you know had just drifted like, it. That's a touchdown. Blake, did he have a Blake Bortles? Uh, I don't know. Did he? Nickname? What was, it? Robert, what was the Bortles uh, drink Blake? we had growing up? Who was it? <laughs> Blake Wine Bortles. Oh yeah, B- Bortles and James. Blake yeah. Bortles and James. <laughs> That's a good one. That was in nineteen eighty. But here's the thing. Two-ish. Yeah. If if they have a slightly better quarterback, I think I know Bortles played well for him. Four, they're fourteen for sixteen to start. That was. You crazy. just needed. They needed him to make a couple plays on one of those last three drives, and he just didn't. He just didn't. Do you need an elite quarterback anymore? Maybe we should ask Romo this if we ever, ever talk to him. Uh, who if knows? Romo if ever calls in, uh, we should yeah, ask him. If you're him. listening, Tony, call in right now because we have some questions. But what did we take from this playoffs? Do you need an elite defense? I know three of the top like seven were in there. I think uh, you need a good coach. You need a good coach. And you need your quarterback to play well. You just need you. You need like an average quarterback to play well, not it make does, mistakes. Whether he's play elite, well. not elite, whatever. Right. You just need him to play Dude, well obviously. for a couple of straight games. Right. Yeah. Nick Foles played really well last week. He played really well this week. No turnovers. Unbelievable. I do think the one thing I've learned for just going forward for gambling purposes mm-hmm. is when the backup comes in and looks terrible, we can't overreact to that because that guy's done nothing all week. I guess when so. you have like three or four weeks to work with your backup and. That's a different kind of thing. And he, from a confidence standpoint, was a totally different guy. Yeah. And they rejuvenated him. The Raiders were so bad going into that Christmas Day game. He I know. did nothing. Foles tried. He definitely tried against the Cowboys week 17. Couldn't put anything up. There's no reason to believe that he was going to turn it around, except he did. What's what's storyline for the Super Bowl are you the least excited about? I was going to say for you, and I, I need to put a negative spin on this because it's Please the Patriots. Do. Please do. Well, we, we discussed when the Vikings went up 7 nothing. like, oh, you said maybe it is, maybe this is what it is. Like, Tom wins in the opposing stadium. That That's never been done. But what's this one going to be remembered as? Like, he, he won the Super Bowl against the backup quarterback? The, the naysayers will will point to. <laughs> Thank you. I had to get it out. Please, I need something. I, I haven't been able to root for a Super Bowl in years. I guess Panthers, Tate, yours was the last one I had, got to root for. Super Panthers, Broncos. Yes. Otherwise, it's all Patriots or Eagles or Giants. It's crazy. The naysayers crap. will point to the Mariota Bortles Foles threesome as the Brady uh, foils. Yeah, right. Probably oh, in, uh, and pee on that a little bit. Yeah. I just want to point out, like, I, I hope everyone watched the game yesterday. The Pats front seven is pretty abominable, like how slow they are. And what they kept running those screens and wheel routes and our linebackers just aren't fast. And eventually mm-hmm. we moved the safety up and if Bortles was going to throw deep, we had man coverage on every receiver they had. Like they had, he had 40 yard passes anytime he wanted them. He just didn't want to throw them. Right. Right. Foles will throw them. And yeah. it has guys who will run down the field. Even that Torrey Smith, who dropped one early. Like, they had 38 points, and he yeah, dropped right. a touchdown, basically. But, they were uh, good, man. Jeffrey, this guy's out of nowhere. Yeah, those Aguilar, guys, they, they will good, go deep on plays. this. And they can run, too. How much are you nervous about Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt? Like, no, nah, the they, they were, they were the great shoulder. Patriots. No, nah, LeGarrette Blunt loved being a Patriot. Yeah. He loved it more than anyone. Too. He went and got paid. Right. We told him to get paid. Yeah, we go get go get paid, Legarrette. You're a Super so Bowl bummed. champ. Do we do a line? Do we guess the line even? 
Well, I sent you a line yeah. of six. No. Said seven. Oh, seven. <laughs> I can't even remember the one that Super Bowl day. So I sent you a line of seven. <laughs> yeah. What'd you say? What'd we you both guess? said seven. It opened at six. It's mm. down to five and a half. Sunset Station at five and a half. And there are some fives out there. William Hill is five. And this is the largest Super Bowl spread in nine years since Pittsburgh, Arizona, which was that was seven also. Oh, that was seven. I have a controversial take. What? I think the line's too high. <laughs> this is stupid. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. I think it's too high. Why? I think it should be like three and a half. How could you guess seven and it comes out five because and a half I'm, and you say I'm, it's too high? You think it's too high? I'm not saying that's what I thought the line should be. I'm guessing I was thinking that's where Vegas would put it to try to get uh-huh. balance of money, which is be, what they right, did. That's what I thought. I said, let, let, the, let them bet it off seven. But they If Wentz did what Foles did those last two games, right. the Eagles would be favored by three points. The Eagles would be favored. They would. Oh, you're, you're a maniac. You're a maniac. All right, Tate, you're the tiebreaker. <laughs> Wentz, think, Wentz never gets hurt. They go fourteen and two, and then they do what they did those last two games. Who's favored? I think the Pats would be favored by three. Of right? course, yeah, three, course. three and a half. Right? Yeah. Well, I will say this: if Minnesota won that game, the 35, Pats are the best seven, team. Yeah, they, they have experience. We let's see. He suckers us into doing this. Like now <laughs> no, we have I to don't. praise the Patriots, and it sucks. It just ends up. All right, our three biggest games of the year. Yeah, Chiefs week one we lose. Steelers <laughs> week fifteen. We win because they Jesse James the, the whatever touched the ground. What's that rule? I don't know. I'm glad the ground to hear controls. It, Last week you'd forgotten no, if, about this altogether. Hey, it's not our fault. He couldn't hold on to the touchdown. Yeah, it is your if fault. If he was good this enough, was he would have held fault. on to it. <laughs> but if he holds on to it, we lose. Right. And then this last week we're down ten with ten minutes left, and it's third and eighteen. And if they stop us, we're punting, and right. they have the ball in like the thirty-five, and it's like two first downs. The game's over. It's not like we're blowing teams out. No, I know. So I don't know. I think the line I, should here's be. The thing. I think the it's, line should be three and a half. They do this all the time. They're like home field means three, and this means this, and this is like, and oh, we'll give the Patriots an extra point because they've been there before. No, give them six extra points because they've been there before. That's a huge deal. That Brady's not going to have any any butterflies in his stomach, and Foles is going to need a new pair of me undies. Uh, Foles looked good by yesterday. I know, I know. But it's different when you're home, and it's different than What about Gronk? Dawn. Doesn't that play in the line? He's playing. He's had a concussion. Is there any way he doesn't this play? It's like his second concussion in three years. What is that evaluation like anyway? I mean, you ask him how many fingers you're up, and when he's lucid, he's giggling. Like, how do, you, how, do you, how do you determine if he's right or not? You know, that's when I really realized that I was more committed to the concussion side of player safety than my own team. Yeah. Because I didn't want Gronk to come back. Mm-hmm. I think like eight years ago, I would have been like, get him on the field. Right. Fucking give him some smelling salts. Get that you really back out there. It, really? No, yeah. absolutely not. It's just, I would have been a complete hypocrite. Every time yeah, somebody else has come back. For, I was hoping for that. You didn't nah. fall. You didn't take like Cam the Newton, it was the same thing. Cam Newton shouldn't come back in that game. These right. guys, they get a concussion. You're out. Yeah. And, uh, and when he got hurt, I still go back to that Jamal Charles, that Colts Chiefs game. That was the first time this has happened. Right. Where the guy got the concussion and everybody kind of realized, oh, he shouldn't come back. Mm-hmm. He has a concussion. Yep. And now it's like, you didn't even think about it. Like Gronk clearly had a concussion. That's it. We're not going to see him again. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, in a weird way, it it kind of helped the offense in the fourth quarter because they kept Dwayne Allen in the block. Mm-hmm. They couldn't cover Danny for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, and Why Cooks is he was Danny killing all of a sudden. Uh, since when did he become Danny? Let me tell you something about Danny Amendola. <laughs> Let me tell you. I want you to know something about this man. One of the great clutch Patriots of all time. Yeah. Not one of the great Patriots of all time, but has replaced clutch. Kevin Falk as this this decade's weirdly clutch guy that for some reason is just better in January and February than he is Robert in the other esque He's Robert Horry-esque. Mm-hmm. He makes fucking huge plays. That touchdown catch was ridiculous. That was crazy. How, Antonio Brown makes that catch. Who else? You look at the deep. Tate, who else I makes that know. catch? Does that, do the Panthers have one guy who makes that catch? <laughs> no, definitely not the Panthers. <laughs> Funches when he's at 65%. Plays, making that catch. <laughs> Thielen? Thielen maybe makes that catch. I don't know, man. I still don't know how he got it. How he left his feet. I mean, you look at the D backs reactions on that now because they don't they don't even jump at all. They think right. it's they think it's in the fourth. I think he's throwing it out of bounds. Yeah, right. Yeah. The, they could have uh, grabbed his leg. Like his leg was in the air. Yeah. A D back and he just didn't out. get a chance. Right. If we ever had somebody like Tony Romo on the show, I would ask him <laughs> how, how crazy is that third and eighteen? Like Brady moving to the left to bring the safety over by like two mm-hmm. feet so then Danny can slide behind him the other way yeah and instead of throwing it sli- straight it's on like a 25 degree angle and right. the guy just doesn't realize Amendola's behind him right. that was crazy that was one of the best plays in the history of the franchise phenomenal the Jags should have won that game if they if they just you re- thought it was a blowout when when he hits 31 yards not. to Cooks no 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 in the first oh. in the first drive 31 yards. There's no doubt his hand is fine. 31 to Cooks. Did not think it was a blowout. And then fourth and two to Amendola. Did not think it was a blowout. Sideline. No. They only come away with three there. You thought it was going to be 34-3. Never, ever, ever thought it was a blowout. Yeah. I I don't know. I think the more I looked at the game this week, I know I wasn't that scared of the Jags last week, but the more I looked at it, it just, I I just feel like they, I thought their Jags were going to show up. Yeah. The team that I don't understand why they didn't show up was the Vikings. That was weird. And that that first drive was so easy. Rudolph was so open. 7-0. And like we said, they had the ball. So they we have Super Bowl is five and a half. And where do we think the line ends? I just want to go. I need a little credit for calling the exact final score of Jacksonville, New England. 24-20. 24-20. After predicting that Diggs would score the winning touchdown and the, the ringer videos that I make every week. I don't make them. But... Yeah. Well, you may, you, there you, go. you write and that's right. That's voice right. them. I don't, yeah, I don't put the nice animation together. Shout out to Dark Matt, by the way. Yeah. Um, Matt Cother. 24 20. Yeah. And then you missed the second game. I missed the second game by a mile. Yeah. You were big on the Vikes. I did. Like I said, I, when you're, what, what do you, what do you analyze? Like, you, I don't know. Like, I, I, I just you, went old school home yeah, dog. No, I love the smart. home dogs. But it was smart. We should mention. Mm-hmm. I love the Eagles both weeks, and I lost money both weeks on the you Eagles. You tied it to the under yesterday. I tied it to the under, which I'll spend the rest of my life wondering how that game doesn't go under. Right. The Vikings scored seven points, and the game does not go under. Somebody, yeah. A reader emailed me, if I told you before that game that Nick Foles was going to be benched in the fourth quarter, where do you think <laughs> the score would be? I'm like, oh my God, Nate Sunfield had to come about in. About 35-7. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, how many interceptions did he throw? And then meanwhile, uh, I had a couple other. But, but, uh, Bavada had a prop, though. Tate, we, we talked about it on uh, Against All Odds. Will any of the four backups take a snap? And it couldn't be due to injury. So you would think no for sure, right? 
So and then Sudfield, Sudfield did take a step. Yeah, the yes wins. Or Bradford coming in. That's what that was the only thing. Right. Yeah, Zimmer they, said if they got down big, you exactly. Put in one of those teams gets down big. Yeah. Let's take one more break. Hey, if you're trying online dating, odds are you've run into lazy text messages, dead end conversations, and random matches that don't turn into dates. eHarmony is unlike many other online dating sites, built to help you find lasting, meaningful relationships with a more compatible match. They've helped over a million people find their perfect match using years and years of science data and psychological research to send you the right matches. Hey, there are plenty of hookup sites out there. eHarmony brings compatible people together. Right now, my listeners get a free month with eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription. Enter my code BS at checkout. Nephew Kyle did this. You've heard him on this podcast, Nephew Kyle. Tate's Jimmy Garoppolo. And without giving away too many details, Nephew Kyle says it works. Stop waiting. Start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. When you're ready to fall in love and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter my code BS at checkout. Joby from Rochester says, the Patriots are 3-0 versus bird teams in the Super Bowl. How will this affect you and Sal's wagering on the game? Oh, man. 3-0 against bird teams. 3-0, just uh, not against the spread. but Teams with bird, straight up. birds. Yeah. So it's yeah. Eagles. It's uh, who else? <laughs> I don't forget the birds. The Seahawks. Seahawks, not the Ravens. They're in the same conference. Falcons. 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 Okay, good. Yeah. Block them all out. <laughs> how uh, many how many Pat Super Bowls? What's your record gambling wise on Pat Super Bowls? You the 18 and 0 Super Bowl demolished you. I lost both giant games. Yeah. I lost and then I but I gave and I gave points against the Eagles. They didn't cover, right? The Panthers they didn't cover. They didn't cover any of the no, the, the second or third. And then I had Seattle. Yeah, I don't, I don't, they didn't I don't, cover the second, third, fourth, or fifth. I don't know that I've ever picked them right. I had Seattle, and I you had didn't pick them last Atlanta. week. Last you had year, Atlanta? I, took, I don't even have Atlanta. I bought the half point. They're getting three oh, and a half <laughs> in overtime. Don't laugh at me. It's been, a, it's been a long run of misery. I forgot. And then so you thought you it was going to be the field goal to yeah, win it, like, and then it'd be a touchdown. Overtime. They didn't play any defense. Uh, what do you think? You no, know, you think you think it's too high, so you're taking the Eagles. Bills already said it. I want to see where it lands. Um, so Eagle, got, Eagles Nation, that's what the guy said, said Doug Peterson deserved coach of the year. He just outclassed Zimmer. Mm-hmm. He made Nick Foles look like a stud. Can you finally give him your due? There's no coach other than Belichick I'd rather have. Mm. Big big turnaround for Doug Peterson. Yeah, I think I agree. I think he's in the top five now. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. You win Just two like playoff that. games in a row as underdogs. Mm-hmm. You save your season after Wentz goes out and keep everybody locked in. The plays that they ran, the imagination they have, I was really impressed by. I don't know. Great, great job yesterday. Very good job the week before, but you don't put them in the top five if uh, Julio Jones catches a game-winning touchdown no, two weeks ago. Right. I would not. I, the the real problem with the top five is that Belichick's the only coach who really yeah, matters. Right. Andy and then Reed's there's in like the top nine. Five. Yeah, there's Andy Reid's definitely a top five. I wrote five this coach. on Friday because yeah. pe- people are like, Tomlin, oh, he should uh-huh. get fired. It's like he's one of the 10 best coaches. I think he's a terrible game manager and I have a lot of issues right. with him, but he's still better than Hugh Jackson. Yeah. And all these other dudes. So let, they, they have odds. I know you want to read another one. They have odds on, or I saw odds on Belichick announcing his retirement after the Super Bowl. What are the odds? He was plus 250 that he does. 
Oh, no way. No? No way. <laughs> he'll never leave on a, he'll, it. You have to never knock leave him out. on a high? No, he's going to try to win three Super Bowls in a row if they can win this one. They haven't done that? I can't even keep no. track anymore. All right. Charlie from Chicago wants to know, if Foles wins the Super Bowl, is this the worst case situation for Wentz? Has a backup QB ever won a Super Bowl and the starter then maintain their mm. status as a QB? I can't remember what happened with Hostetler and Sims. Oh, uh, Sims came back. It, it, it was Sims's team. Sims was never the same, though. Yeah. Uh, they never won again with him. Uh, no, that was it, I guess. I don't know what you do. And what do you do with the Vikings? It, none, none of these guys are on the contract either. Same thing. And they have three. I wouldn't pay Case Keenum $20 million a year. I'll no. tell you that much. No, but did not. They could let him go on the market. They're not going to let him go. You know, you don't tag him, right? Don't tag him. Yeah. What, who does Sam is Sam Bradford a good Jets quarterback? Did that guy start? Don't do that anywhere? to the Jets. Washington. I know I have too many Jets Washington? fans friends. So if Cousins, where would Cousins go? Like Cousins, cousins should go to the Browns. Browns. Uh, or, no, Arizona. Cousins should go to the Browns. <laughs> they should just take pay Cousins and then use those picks on on yeah. blue chippers, right? Yeah, just, just get like, a bunch right, of defensive get, guys. Yeah, yeah, get a fucking awesome. You don't want us studs. to franchise you now. You're a Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like <laughs> what happened. <laughs> Did uh, Tyler from Menifee wants to know the Pats had one penalty for 10 yards. The jack strip is blown dead yet. Then called a fumble. Something smells fishy. Did you, yeah, did one you feel penalty like the Pats, for 10 yards. did what? you feel like the Pats committed penalties that they weren't calling? I don't know. I don't know. What's I'm biased. That. So I can't look at I, it. Correctly. I thought there was actually, I thought Brady was in trouble a couple of times and there could have been a holding call, but one it's weird that we didn't have one hold. In the last seven years, that's the fewest penalties for for a team in the in the championship game. Look how happy you are! It just doesn't matter. It does none of it ever matters. <laughs> it's just win after win. People are going to realize when Brady's gone that this was the most special thing that's ever happened in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. He's, He's forty. Great. Yeah, he's forty years old. Well, I was thinking that they it's were like, down ten, and everybody watching it is when they get the third and eighteen. Did you think they're going to win the game? Yeah. I did. I still Tate, did. what'd you think? I thought they were going to win the whole time. I, did I didn't too. even get my hopes up. Yeah. It just saw it was the writing on the wall. What What other football team is like this? Where you're like, oh, they're going to win. They're down no. 10, 11 minutes left. I know. Well, that, part of it is other team's stupidity down the stretch. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Dan but. Wetzel and Yahoo had a really good article about the Jaguars coming close and kind of looking into the Brady fire and yeah. how he just kind of breaks you. And they were just like, that guy's great. Like, we can't, against the Patriots, you can't give them extra chances. Mm -hmm. You can't keep them around. You got to put them away. And we didn't. Look, he's the best. But has anyone pressured him like that Denver team did in the conference championship two years ago? Like, uh, I guess the Dolphins this year, right? That Monday night game? I, yeah. I just thought we'd see more of that from Jacksonville. They're like, no, they only rush four. They only ever rush four. And that's all they have to do because they constantly apply pressures. Like, I don't know. Rush five. Send Miles Jack. They did once. I thought the worked. guy that really hurt Jacksonville was Bouye. Yeah. Cooks had a huge game and and he was giving him like five, six, seven yards on those right. on those longer passes. Had the big pass interference. I don't know. I, I thought for the amount of money they spent on him, I was not uh I was not impressed. <laughs> I just wasn't. And Jalen Ramsey had a big interference call too. Yeah. Where he like basically grabbed that dude around the neck and all yeah. that stuff. I don't know what that team. They're three and thirteen last year. Um one more time. Wednesday night, Los Angeles. Binge mode. The rewatchables. Joining forces at Largo. Tickets are still available. Only a couple left. 
if you want to check it out, uh, go to our website at theringer.com or go to Largo's website. We break down Friday Night Lights Season 2. We're going to break down Varsity Blues. It is a football-slash-black-comedy extravaganza because those both of those entities are black comedies. Varsity Blues did not know it was funny at the time, but now it's hilarious. Uh, Friday Night's... Friday Night Lights season two definitely did not know it was funny at the time. And now it is rip-roaringly hilarious. Anyway, check it out, Largo. A couple tickets still left Wednesday night. Me, Shea Serrano, Jason Concepcion, Mallory Rubin. Good times. All right, on the line right now, as promised, the one and only Tony Romo coming off. That's it. You're done, right? You're done with uh you're done with broadcasting for the year. Yep, done forever. Good run. <laughs> Tony doesn't know. He just woke up. They just announced you're the MVP of the league, Tony. Congratulations. <laughs> wow. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. It's so honored. What was, your, what was your favorite thing about doing the announcing this year? Well, I think really for me it was just being able to almost show your passion toward football. I mean, you're out there and like doing the game yesterday, and I just know the feelings that Portal has what he's going through, and then Brady, and you're down ten in the fourth quarter. And it's like, what do you have to do mentally? And you know, you lost your top target, Gronkowski, and how do you overcome that against a team that's going to play man coverage? And you know, and you just have to all of a sudden start to shift into a different boat and figure out new ways to move the football. You got to do it quickly. And uh, you know, I just, I think there's something really unique and special about that. Did you think that people I want them to know? Was there any point, any point in the game that you thought the Patriots would lose that game? Was there any like maybe if they let Miles Jack, if they do the right thing, the referees and let him run that back for a touchdown, maybe it's different. But beyond that, down ten, was there any time you thought they could lose that game? Oh yeah, I mean, I tried to tell people throughout the week this is going to be the toughest opponent New England's had this year. Pittsburgh was a great game. I really thought the matchup though was not great for New England. This, this is a team who schematically is much better than people think. They don't just line up and play one coverage. You know, over they were coming with a great plan. They had a great defensive coordinator that no one knows about. Jacksonville really, you know, it's just a bad matchup for New England. And when you have Tom Brady, you have Bill Belichick, you can overcome that. But most teams would not have, you know, with the way stylistically this looked going in, it was going to be difficult. But, you got number 12 over there. You always have an incredible chance to overcome really just about anything. Tony, I'm just glad you were there to see it firsthand, to see to see the GOAT in action. <laughs> Third and 18, 10 and a half minutes left. Gronk's out, no Edelman. He just does it. I'm, I'm glad you were there. I'm glad you got to experience it. You almost sound like you're a Patriots fan, though. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, the uh, funny thing is on that 3rd and 18, you don't get a ton of time to discuss and tell people everything. I just, it's just a line I talked about for a second, but on that play, you can see Tom's shoulders in his head, looking left, moving the inside of the defense, the linebacker, so they could get out of the window that they were supposed to be standing in to take away, I believe it was Amendola, right? On the pass, or was mm-hmm. it Hogan? And Amendola. Yeah, it was Amendola on an inside route that's just a deep dig, we call it, a deep in. And if that, if the inside of the defense stays there and doesn't move with Brady's eyes, there's no window, there's nowhere to go with the ball. But Brady moves his shoulders, moves his body, moves his head so that they get out of position. And that's really the difference 
in a lot of these games. It's something as subtle as that is you know, that game, that team a third and eighteen. The other quarterback at the end of the game, who played an outstanding game, had a third and nineteen, I believe, and then a fourth and nineteen. And the difference was that one guy made it, and the other one didn't. And you know, if Bortles makes that play, or if he, you know, Gilmore doesn't make that incredible tip at the end, that guy made the play. But quarterback who does that, you know, that was the difference. Tony, let me ask you, because this year the the big thing is like, oh, I can't believe it, Bortles and, and Foles and Keenum, and these guys are in the final four. It's like, is this just going to be commonplace once Brady leaves and once, you know, Breeze goes and Aaron Rodgers? Is this going to be this this is going to be an anomaly, right? We we it won't it won't matter anymore that three no name or, you know, some of the elite quarterbacks aren't around. Do you do you think this is going to be the, the norm? Well, I think what happened was the NFL got had this, I don't want to say golden age of quarterbacking, but you had this 10-year run of just high, high-level quarterback play. Manning and Brady were around. You still had Favre. You had Rodgers. You know, Eli Manning was two Super Bowls during this stretch. You had Ben Roethlisberger. You could throw you yourself in there. You could throw yourself in there, number nine. Don't be bashful. Do it. No, at, at the end, I was going to say that I, you know, was obviously the best of all of them, but <laughs> I really feel like you, you also had Kurt Warner. I mean, it was it's just a rare thing. If you look back now, you're like, man, any of those guys in their primes, you know, would be one of the top two or three guys every year now going yeah. forward. And the league needs to find that, you know, next phase of that. But that's really, you know, rare to have that many quality. I mean, in the 90s and the 80s, you're looking at three guys consistently, right? And then a guy will sprinkle in for a year or two with a couple good years, but it's just hard to find guys who can play at that level. Having a Manning and a Brady just set such a standard that I feel like we just feel like, well, the great quarterbacks are supposed to play in the Super Bowl every year. Well, that's not normal. Dan Marino, Mm -hmm. you know, played in one. I think we think he's pretty good. It's just the reality of it is it's such a team game that Brady makes it look, and Manning, they were so special and unique that they just make it look – you know, far easier than it is. And, you know, how many Super Bowls there and Rodgers played in? Two. One? Yeah, two. two. No, it's, yeah. yeah, two. I mean, it's just, you think about it, you're like, man, that's, it's yeah. incredible how difficult it is to get there. And, you know, we all know how talented he is. And I just think what happens is the defenses are going to carry you. At the end of the day, football is really about getting a dominant defense, carrying it through. And if you get any kind of good quarterback play, you have a chance to win the title every year. And if you get a great quarterback, you're going to have good seasons, but you ultimately will normally lose somewhere to a great defense along the way. And that's the story of you know the NFL and of what happens. I think you'll see that in the future. I think you'll see the dominant defense will continue to play out. Bill Belichick will find a way. And then when Tom Brady's gone, you just won't see this consistency you know, ever again, I don't think. I think Rodgers might have only been one. Hey, you get to – you get to interview these coaches. You get to hang out, and the announcers love to talk about. We talked to him last night. We hung out with him yesterday. Who was your favorite coach to talk to out of all of these these nineteen weeks? Well, they're all different. I think for me, Bill Belichick stands out just uh, from almost a learning standpoint. It's really been, you know, I ask a million questions. Sometimes I test some coaches with some questions to find out, you know, how gifted they are. <laughs> at different times, but uh, but you know, Coach Belichick's just he gives his team such a schematic advantage. He just knows ball so well. He's a ball coach, you know, twenty four seven. And you know, I'm kind of a football junkie, so for me, it's really enjoyable to 
to almost go back and learn a little bit, you know, about some things that uh, I wasn't privy to, you know, special team stuff, stuff I never even had to think about. And, you know, team building, philosophy, organizationally, what to do, you know, well, what are you thinking leading up to the draft? And, you know, things I won't repeat, obviously, but I think that um, I've enjoyed almost learning, you know, so... That's been, that's been really enjoyable. You know, Tony, I, I don't want you to think I'm stalking you. Yes, sure, I named my son after you and all that. But I went through every single one of your <laughs> games, and I figured out, uh, conservatively, you would have won eight Super Bowls with Belichick as your coach. What do you feel? You say over or under eight? Uh, that's a good conservative number. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I think what you find is, uh, you know, I made this comment a week or two ago, but the closest thing I can compare to New England is the Spurs. When you have the best coach in the league, and I think Greg Popovich for a long time has stood out as, you know, it's not the best, he's right at the top of the list. And then all of a sudden you add a player who's in the top two or three in the league, Tim Duncan. You, know, you can make an argument all those years he was one, some years two, other years three, but you know, he was so dominant. And when you put those two guys together, it's just... I mean, good luck for every other team. It's a dynasty. It's the only way to really sustain something for 12, 15 years. You can do things for four or five, but over time you need both these people to make it where you just never fall off. And I think, I think the uh, unique thing is that the Patriots have done the same thing. They have the best coach. They have the best player. Well, how do you beat them? Well, that one guy's defense, the other's offense. It's kind of like you have to play a game that is such above your norm to beat those guys. And uh, I think the Spurs are the only people that have done. I mean, they won five titles over the you know 15 years. They were always in the mix. And I just think when you get two pair like that together, pick good luck. Tony, you had a ton of success as, uh, as the lead announcer this year and some crossover appeal now, because this, uh, this doesn't happen that often, but I think it might happen with you. How would you rank these in probability of of things that could happen to you over the next six years? Um, you get your own you, you get your own sitcom, <laughs> or a sitcom based on you, like that happened to Michael Strahan, right? Right. Um, you get a coaching opportunity because that seems to happen with uh, with the bigger announcers. They're always they start getting thrown in names. Look at John Gruden just got a hundred million bucks. He hadn't coached in you know twelve years. Um, what about crossing over in other sports? Like, could you see going on being on the Masters on like the 15th hole and being an announcer there or some sort of wild card scenario that I haven't thought of? Um, do you see you just doing this with football over the next 10 years? Well, I think I'm passionate and I love this. So I expect to do this for a long period of time. You know, to say that, you know, what's going to happen in 10 years is silly. You know, I think I don't know what's going to happen. I do think there's a couple things, you know, that, I always want to be involved in football. I think this is obviously what I love to do right now, and this is amazing. And you know, I got a great team at CBS that uh, makes me look better than I am. And you know, I feel like I'm going to continue this for as long as it feels that way. And you know, I don't see that changing anytime in the near future. So you know, that wasn't this isn't, that was not an answer. <laughs> you didn't answer the question. All right, well, let's put it this way: If Jerry Jones in five years, do you think you would need to be a coordinator first, or they're just going to hire you as a coach? Because you've proven just in the booth that you have more and better insight than anybody else. Like, why why would they screw around and have you go through 
go through the normal process. It just make you the head coach already, right? <laughs> I think what I think honestly for me when I get older, I'm sure at some point, you know, uh I'm old for playing football. I guess I'm relatively young for some of the other things mm-hmm. in life. So I got twenty years. My kids are young. I'm not gonna be doing anything different here in the near future. You know, but when I'm older, you know, maybe a long time down the road, I'm sure I'll do something involving coaching at some point, whether it's high school ball, you know, NFL, I don't know. You know, that stuff is just so far out there. I'm not thinking about it yet. But at some point, I'm sure I'll want to do some of the ideas I, I have within the game. Tony, you don't get paid $100 million over 10 years in high school football. Yeah. I'm just, that's a newsflash. <laughs> well, knows. you guys are on the wrong Texas high school football very much. I tell you. <laughs> We should come see it. Tony, let me ask you, was there a point in the season where I, I know like you were better than everybody else because I felt like you had a helmet on while you were calling every game. Like you you sensed that you could go on the field and play at any time. Was there any point in the season where it became like, I'm an announcer now. I just I my desire to play is less and less, or or was it constant throughout? Like, was there a game or a play that you saw that you were like, all right. I, I know I know my place now. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a switch or a thing that made me feel that way. I think more than anything, when I'm announcing, I'm basically just thinking of what I'd be thinking of when I'm playing. I'm watching, you know, schematically what teams are trying to do, what the defense came in, what was the plan. Uh, I just try and communicate what's going through my brain when I was playing and how you did, I would attack it, what I would come to the sideline and tell you know, our coordinator, here's what I want to do. Here's what I think. Here's what they've gone to. Let's get more to this. You know, things like that. And I just try and articulate that to the viewer. So for me, it's, I guess I don't think about it from the terms of playing or not playing. You just think about what you would be doing if you were playing and what, and I just kind of say it, you know, yeah. as, I'm, as I'm watching. Yeah. How many, how many teams could you have taken to the final four after <laughs> having watched their quarterbacks over well, under, I over think, under eight? I, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I probably could have taken Duke there a couple of years ago. <laughs> they were pretty good. I think I could have helped out, you know, in practice. Uh, now, I mean, ultimately, you know, you always wanted to be there and be part of, you know, the final, final grouping, the final two, and playing that game. And, you know, it doesn't always go the way you want it. Can I ask you a Sal question? <laughs> What's a Sal question? Sure. Is you've that you and Sal, you've known each other now for like eight, nine years. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about Sal? <laughs> this is stupid. Don't answer that. Boy, you're, you're, you're not under oath. You don't have to answer that. I do. I can answer that. Okay. I think my favorite thing about Sal is that he named his son after me. <laughs> so I think that, I think, I think that I literally think Jack Romo is probably my favorite. <laughs> How do we pronounce Sal's last name? Iaconawanis. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. It's well, like, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you. Had, well, wait a minute, though. Let's talk about that for a second. You had a third boy. You name him. Land, you name him. Name him Jones. And you have a chance to to uh, repay the favor. You could name him Jones Sal. You go Jones McCoy after the after what the backup quarterback for the Redskins. I didn't understand that. Where, where did McCoy come from? No, no, it's. it's Jones McCoy Sal. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, I just didn't put it on any paperwork and haven't told anybody. I see. It's not on the uh, announced birth announcement. Okay. Can you? Yeah, it's not. No, 
no one actually knows about it at all. So it's just, it's just really for you. Can, can you give us the funniest behind the scenes thing on Jim Nance that um, you haven't said publicly the funniest quirk or trait that he has that you're amazed hasn't come out yet. <laughs> I, I think they're all out there. I think that the thing about Jim is Jim is actually like really a guy's guy. You know, he's the voice of the masters and he's got that incredible sound and, you know, he's been like a mentor for me through this whole time. And, you know, how lucky am I that I get to start with Jim Nance, but I feel like, you know, hanging out with Jim has been a blast. We've really had a great time and going to dinner, getting ready for the game, talking about the games the night before and uh, just joking and laughing. And I love sports. He loves sports. There's so much in common there. And then and he makes jokes that are, you know, just funny. And I, I enjoy being out. I think the biggest thing that people understand is that he's, he's a guy's guy that really, you know, can turn into that voice and that perfect kind of tone for, you know, an event or the masters and such, but you also, you know, you can have a great time with him. He's really fun to be around. He is great. I, I, every year, Tony, I put together a list of my favorite people I met in that given year. He's my favorite person I met in 2017. We went to dinner and he loves you. Oh my God. It's the, that's why you like having him around. He, he could not speak more <laughs> fondly of you, but it, it's, it must be nice. It's like nothing negative. You don't have to deal with any of the negativity. You just go in the booth and you do your thing. And, uh, it was uh, really it was a pleasure watching you this year. Hey, oh, I appreciate you. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. He makes it pretty easy. I mean, obviously that relationship matters. I think more than I ever ever knew was that you know you if the two of you really like each other and enjoy it, it goes a long way, and that's really easy for me and Jim. That's how Sal and I feel yeah, about each other too. Exactly. Um, hey, I work completely the opposite. But you guys are really doing well. <laughs> uh, last question. You don't have to announce this game, so you can tell us. It looks like the line for this game is five and a half, Pats Eagles. I think it's two points too high. Sal thinks it's actually a, a point too low. What do you think of just the line? You don't even have to tell us who who you're gravitating toward. Just the line, five and a half, fair or unfair? <laughs> well, you know, I don't think I'm allowed to get into that kind of world. <laughs> speaking, guys, but I, I've never. I didn't know there were lines out there. Is that what people do just, nowadays? Just Are pretend. We in the line? He, he just made that well, up, but just pretend, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, let's pretend that, uh, you know, New England is a team that everyone thinks is going to win. And we'll say, from my perspective, in this specific game, uh, this is a very formidable opponent that New England's going against. They are going to rush the quarterback. This is a great test for them, not unlike Jacksonville was, but different. Different style of test. You have a great defensive coordinator in Jim Schwartz. Um, I think this football game is a very close football game. That's what I think. Hmm. I think this will be. I agree with you, Tony. One, one possession game, and you know, come down to a third and eighteen again. Tony Romo, thanks for finally calling in. We appreciate it. See you, buddy. Thanks for calling. You got it. All right, take All right. care. You got it, guys. Go golf. Take up, take up golfing or something. You have a lot of free time now. Oh, that's what I'll do in my future. Good call. <laughs> Take care, Tony. Hey, guys. All right. Before we get to Parent Corner, we should mention on the Against All Odds podcast, mm. I'm coming on next week. You are? Okay, We're doing good. the Super Bowl props on your podcast. Oh, good, good, good. We're that's... bumping the trifecta. Or you can do They're a second gone? little... All right. You can do a second mini show with them, but... Is Lombardi on too? No, it's me and you. All right. That's it. Old We're school. banging them out. Old school. Let's do it. 100 um, props. So if, if you're looking for the Super Bowl Props podcast, mm-hmm. 
It's going to be on Sal's podcast next week. What a treat. Got it? This is good. Against all odds, subscribe. You should subscribe anyway. And really, this is when it heats up after football. Yeah. Once we get, now we're getting into tennis and the and weird <laughs> golf majors and uh, the hot dog contest right. and the hockey. Yeah. And you have oh, like, March a, man. That's Darren's well, got well, five well. kids telling us what's going to happen in <laughs> round one hockey playoffs. <laughs> I don't know, Sal. I like the way Edmonton's playing. <laughs> I think their goalie's getting hot. It's it's all there. If you really want to hear the degenerates and their full, uh, I'm excited. Full blossom. Mm-hmm. You have to wait till after football. That's right. And then you got to have uh, Tate and Titus on for some college hoops. Too. Definitely March Madness. Break yeah. it down with them. I start. This is the week I start watching college basketball. You, I think officially. you've watched more this year than than years past. I, it's been a little more, but I'm I'm going in this week. Kansas and uh, Oklahoma Tuesday night will be my official awakening. I don't. We haven't mentioned with Tate yet. What? Tate devastating weekend for Tate. Well, because well, Carolina and the Duke uh, Duke, Duke got, got the it. top yeah. three, right? And in a worst case scenario, Coach K, ever since Tate came after him, mm-hmm. Coach K, it's it's turned personal. Stepped it up. Coach K basically sent a dick pic to Tate and was like, oh, here's <laughs> he my dick. He on me. He dreamed on Tate and he said, I already have two the top two forwards mm. in the country. I'm <laughs> also getting Zion Williamson. Yeah, that one. I, I'm going to have three forwards. I don't even know what to do with all these all-American forwards. Right. I'll figure it out. I'll just put maybe I'll put them all out. I'll I'll create some new offense. Well, they'll just and transfer. Tate went over three. They'll transfer per usual. <laughs> this is this is I we I asked Tate about this. He doesn't seem phased at all about this. Tate, well, you went over three. Is it the academic scandals? Or are they finally catching uh, up with North no, Carolina? We're clear, What's going no on? No NCAA cloud. It's fine. If they want to play for Duke and sign up with the devil, that's on them. <laughs> is it better or worse that he went to Duke? Because I was actually rooting for him to go to Clemson and, or South Carolina, and it's like an instant fun team for right. four months yeah. where it's just like, oh, that's Zion's team. It, he went from general public, everyone likes him, to now he's chosen a side. So now some people will automatically hate him. Mm-hmm. So bad I feel move. bad for him. Yeah. The move is to, which Clemson or South Carolina? If, he if probably he didn't to, want to play if, for if Frank Martin. Clemson or South Carolina or maybe even Kentucky. You're talking Kentucky, right? Yeah, he's yeah. more general public likable than I think going to Duke or even Carolina. Some people don't like Carolina. So once you put yourself in that rivalry, you already have a group of people that automatically hate you. So, but the move was South Carolina. The move was Clemson or South Carolina, right. I thought. Yeah. Would you say pick which one do you pick? Clemson. For what reason? Uh, stepdad and just, I mean, it's, it's open. You have all the money there. You have all the football money. It's, he immediately becomes the greatest Clemson basketball player of all time. Of that would have been fun. That yeah. would have been fun. He should have done that. Yeah. Can we talk him out of it? <laughs> did, did, Let's did give him a call. call off the room. Did Coach K drop the bag off yet or can we intercept uh, it? He did something. Jeff Capel. Good for him. It's weird to me that people hate players that go to Duke more than they do Kentucky, even though we well, know Duke's exactly. like the Patriots. People I know, hate Kentucky, the Patriots. It's like, you're, you're just, but at least with not, Kentucky, that they've been doing that forever. Yeah, you know? Kentucky's honest about it. Duke's yeah. not honest about I it. Guess. Yeah. Duke's like, oh, we're an academic institution, and they've and they been one and done for the whole decade. Yeah, Duke's exactly. the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. Since K. 2010. Since Kyrie. I'll, I'll know all this stuff after this week. Yeah, It's, <laughs> it's a really fun. good draft. That's good. All right, Parent Corner, you go first. Let me go first. I've had this, I think, like an hour after last week's Parent Corner, I found out about this. Okay. And he's he's talking about it on his podcast, so I feel like we could talk about it on ours. Uh Adam Carolla's daughter has a crush on my son. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what happens. Like every Sunday we watch the games together and he's actually watching the games and she's just looking at her phone and she's looking down. And I think they say three words to each other in six hours. And that's enough. 
she has a crush on him. And my wife, I told my wife, I'm like, oh, this is crazy. She's like, you must not make fun. Of, I was like, what is the point of this if I can't make fun of them about this? And it's funny because it's the one thing like we would have killed our parents. If you're with a girl or you're going to dance with a girl, whatever, you you don't want your dad's corny jokes like at all. You got oh, to get worst. out of the house. Yeah. You don't want them picking up the phone, the other extension in the kitchen when you're in your bedroom. Like, But when when the roles are reversed, I'm like, I got to have it. This is my... This is my number one focus right now to, yeah. to screw with these two. But, I can see uh, your tongue's in your cheek, know, corner of your cheek. You love excited. this. But um, she's cute. She has one eyebrow, but uh, <laughs> but she's cute, you know. And uh, I, the only thing I'm worried about is I know he's not paying for the wedding. <laughs> yeah, I think having Corolla as your father-in-law is the worst case scenario. <laughs> what do we do? Corolla Unless the had... wedding's in a drive-thru and they're, they're, they ride off in a Newman race car or something. Corolla's Christmas party for his whole staff was like he ordered he ordered some barbecue on Postmates. Yeah. And they yeah. put like a tablecloth on some on some table. That's right. Yeah, he won't spend more than $5,000 on your wedding. <laughs> well, otherwise, I, I wish them luck, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know if he likes her. Like I said, they don't talk. I don't know. But that's how people interact that's now. That's how it's it just is, like right? a couple. Yeah, that's all it so, takes. I went to a bar mitzvah on Saturday night. Oh, you went? Okay. I went because it was a f- good family friend that we were just tight with. So mm-hmm. I went and I got to watch the whole bar mitzvah scene in action finally. Yeah. And it was spectacular. Is this the one you warned your daughter of making the speech, actually thinking of a speech, or was that another bar mitzvah? Well, she gave a speech for this one, for this too, one. and I was okay. proud of her. And okay. by the way, I've gotten a couple uh, responses from people thanking us because they their kids had to give bar mitzvah speeches, and they really oh, good. pushed them to do it. Mm-hmm. So a couple things that are on my radar now. One is that uh, my son was out of control at the bar mitzvah, and they had a candy bar. So it was the the equivalent of like 12 years from now, like somebody has cocaine and he's just in the bathroom and just like he's wired. Three or four. Same thing now with gummy (laughs) bears. It was the same thing now. He overdosed on gummy bears and Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. yeah. So there was like a dance scene and he was on the stage (laughs) in the middle of everything leading it. And I showed up later and Uh somebody's like, You got to see Ben Simmons. He took over. He's taking it. I'm like, What? And I go in and he's on the stage and he's, he's just a maniac. But here's the speech advice I think I think was good advice. Here's my advice for these bar mitzvahs and stuff. I was stunned by how many kids are on their phones the whole time. Oh yeah. And there's yeah. like there's this one section over on the side where all these like too cool for school kids mm-hmm. are just on their phones. They're not really interacting. And then you have people dancing while holding their phones because they all want to take their Instagram things. Yeah. And it's just very phone centric. And I don't mean to sound like the old guy on the couch, but there should be a middle ground. My thing is, if it was my son's bar mitzvah, I would take everyone's phones. Mm. It's like, you're coming in, no phones. Yeah. We'll give your phones back at the end. Almost like uh, some part, some people do that at parties, right? You get like the little lock boxes. It's yeah, like, right. you don't have your phones for five hours. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You're going to have to interact and, and have yeah, fun and socialize. Yeah, it's not like they're, they're, uh, they're wives in labor or anything. Well, you need your phone. Like, you don't need your phone. Kids the only thing you need your phone for is like some of them were posting Instagram videos and stuff like so that. So that's it. That's it. But that's just, invaluable, though. That is invaluable to the party, the kid whose party post, it is and everything. Right. It's like, but maybe you have, 
you know, in the old days, you have like the wedding photographer or something uh-huh. like that. Maybe now you have like the wedding Instagrammer and the guy takes little videos good. and sends them out to different people. And maybe that's its own business. That's pretty good. I was appalled. Um, really? I just just by where society's going. And and I, I really wonder how people are going to socialize. Some pe- Some kids were great. They're having fun. They're not really doing that. Right. And then other kids are just like... I'm 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 tied to my phone. No, the damn this is so much crazy. better. Thank God I have my phone. Yeah. I might actually have to have a conversation with right. somebody. Right. Like, get the fuck out of it's here. Over. We're as a society, we're doing something wrong. These are not just kids. They're no, adults they're too. These are seventh graders. Uh, yeah, no, but adults I'm saying too. adults too. Yeah. Like, that drives me crazy when the final play of the game is. Although sometimes I'm like, I go back and forth, but. Watch it through your own eyes. Why are you <laughs> recording this on your phone? Oh, I don't get that one either. I, yeah, I hate just it. Just tape the game. But then, then you'll see like a Stefan Diggs angle, like you didn't see it. Like the cameras are going. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. I'm glad he did that. Um, so, yeah, I look, know. I mean, We're I could have been on my phone. You know what I was doing instead? Walking around talking to people and running into people like Mike O'Malley and talking for oh. 20 minutes about how great Tom Brady is. Oh. That's <laughs> the kind of conversations you can have. Right. Should have been on. Just be like, wow, can you believe this? We're two wins away again. Mm. How is this possible? Are you going? <laughs> I wouldn't you, have had that conversation if I had my phone. Did, but you later Instagrammed a picture with him. <laughs> to make up for I it. didn't though. <laughs> I did Instagram. I followed my son during his fifth trip at the candy bar and actually just stood behind him and videotaped him. Right. And uh, and it it was like Cornhulio. <laughs> he was just out of control. <laughs> He really loves it. Uh, fortunately, there are no no fourth grade lassies to tempt right. him away from his current girlfriend. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he stayed loyal. He stayed faithful. Didn't make any screw was ups. Was he Instagramming with her? Was he like texting with her during the? No, because I took his phone. Oh, you took his phone. Yeah. Come on, that's parents. Right. Let's get let's get better. All right, take let's your get kids better phones. at this, parents. <laughs> All right. Birthday like parties, uh, bar mitzvahs, was the whole thing. Then the other thing is, my daughter turns thirteen this spring. Mm-hmm. And really wants to, she's really jealous of these bar mitzvahs. Mm -hmm. So she wants to have a not mitzvah that's basically like a party that's like a bar mitzvah, but doesn't have the religious overtones to it. She should. Um, Yeah, she should want to do that because she wouldn't be paying for it. And I don't know. That's it. It Well, on the other hand. So now we have to throw you a party online of the bar mitzvah. The whole point of the bar mitzvahs is they're a religious thing. Right. But but how much have you dished out on bar mitzvah gifts? Like 20 Oh, you think this is my way to get the gifts back? Well, at least get the parents to, yeah, get you some some little That's interesting. Yeah. This was like, this bar mitzvah was at a place that held 400 people. Mm -hmm. And there were tables. And it was a football-themed bar mitzvah. Uh, And the tables had helmets on. Mm -hmm. So I sat at the Patriots table, which was great. Mm -hmm. They'd put me there. I didn't, I I was actually, they had assigned seating. And O'Malley was at the Seahawks table and was mad that he wasn't at the Patriots (laughs) table. I can imagine, yeah. But I was like, but we beat the Seahawks. That's better. It's like you're holding the Seahawks helmet head up in the air. We own the Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. I've taken over their table. Yeah. And there are a couple, it was a good idea though. Yeah. Um, What do you got to plug? Uh, We have against all odds this Wednesday. Uh, uh, The parlay kid, he was on fire and he had the Gronk touchdown, Pats win. Tough, tough, tough to play when you're, uh, as I learned in high school, tough to score when you're on the sidelines. What so. does Parlay Kid feel about concussion awareness? <laughs> no. It's safety. I'll have to ask him. Not, not I, as excited about that? I don't think he cares too much. No? <laughs> Put him in. <laughs> his brother, Brother Bri, like strained his neck or something. And he's, he's like, put him in. like ten Because he's younger, Brother Bri. But you know what we should do next story. week? What's that? We should do, you remember when uh, 
like NBC, they would switch the characters would switch on the shows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should do me and you do Super Bowl props on mine, right? And then me and you and the trifecta will do the their version on this one. Okay. Let's yeah. do that. Right, It'll be like when that. ER went on Friends right, and they yeah. had the double date like with La- uh, Laverne and Shirley would come on Happy Days. <laughs> what? Yeah. I have two shows I like. You know how we always talk about how we don't like TV anymore? Yeah. The Gianni Versace show is really good. You like it? I'm yeah. in on that. I like The Resident. I haven't. I don't know anything about this. It was the show that came on right after Fox. Oh, uh, right after oh, football. Uh, right after yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. And they're promoting it, and the TV was just kind of on, and I was like walking around, and really? it came on. The first scene was good. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, what is this? And just watched it and actually really liked it. Wow. Yeah. I I'm think still I'm in on the resident. On screeners. I still need like three. We're going to have a whole Oscar thing too, right? Eventually. So the Oscar noms come out tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. My big prediction Monday. I, I don't think Franco gets it. No. Not just because of the Me Too stuff. Well, he I think. shouldn't anyway. Yeah, he yeah. shouldn't get it. It's a fucking SNL sketch yeah, for so. 90 minutes. How is that an he, he Oscar performance? It was good. But. I think Pattinson gets it over Franco. I didn't, That's the one I haven't seen, Pattinson. That was, yeah. That's the that one you good. should see. Yeah, And you like Gary Olden and uh, and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, if it were up to me, like the, the Gary Oldman type performance would not get nominated, but... I get bored just like by the, these British. Hey, here's a ton of makeup, and yeah. he's Winston Churchill. Right. I, I'm just so bored by those. Right, I know. I would vote. Uh, I think Gyllenhaal should have gotten nominated, but he won't. I just thought that was a really hard right. acting performance and a hard one to pull off. Well, we'll Pattinson do a whole is thing. my favorite one. We'll do a whole thing. On well, this. I want. I I want to bet on Get Out. I I want to really see you where do? those odds are. Yeah, because right. I think everybody's going to think Three Billboards is going to win, mm. and people are going to pick that movie apart for the next five weeks, and I don't think it's going to win. A woman saves a day. It's a lot. A lot. Asking a lot to overcome that. In this climate, woman saves the day in three There's billboards some, and in the in the post, but that I felt was very average. Wesley Morris, my old friend, mm-hmm. still my friend, uh, former Grantland colleague, wrote a nice piece about three billboards that mm-hmm. I agreed with. Yeah, about just the ending was just ridiculous. why it should be picked apart and why the ending was rough and and why there is some falseness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it should not win Best Picture. Yeah. I thought Get Out was the most inventive movie I saw this year. Too early ten years in the year, from now, though. Too early, what was it like? March yeah, but ten or something? years from now, we're gonna remember Get Out. We're gonna remember Daniel Day Lewis and Phantom Thread. There's gonna be like five right. things that come out of this year, and I don't think Three Billboards is huh. gonna be one of them. I thought Harrelson was the best in Three Billboards, and Jimmy Kimmel Live, Zach Galifianakis, Aaron Paul, Lisa Kudrow, and Viola Davis this week. So watch that. Hmm. Cause I I took down Frances on Friday, by the way. You took him down? A 2-0 oh, for picks. me, 0-2 yeah, yeah. for him. Yeah, he's got one more. He had a big lead on me early, but I'm coming back. All right. It just, it's it's youth and experience and know-how. So he gave the points. He had the Pats given points. He had the Pats and he had, and he had the, the, Vikings. Uh, the Vikes, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because uh, next week, so we'll do we'll do a flip. That's good. I'll do props on yours, and we'll have the trifecta on mine. Beautiful. And we'll do that. That's the plan for next week. Good job by you. Good job by you. Thanks again to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. And don't forget about the show, Largo, Wednesday night, Varsity Blues, Friday Night Lights, Season 2, me, Mallory, Jason, Shay. Uh, A couple tickets still left. Back later in the week with more BS Podcast. Thanks to uh, Tony Romo. Thanks to Sal. Talk to you soon.